Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Well, this morning we're going to continue on our uh, sermon series, Enduring Grace. Grace is what we've been talking about actually for the past few weeks. And I've titled this week's sermon, Grace for the Race. Grace for the Race. How many know that you need grace every day? Um, Every day. Have you ever wondered, have you ever looked at people's situations in their life and wondered, how in the world are they handling that? How are they going through that? It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be um, a job loss. It could be uh, marital issues that you're aware of that they're struggling with. Whatever the scenario may be, sometimes you sit back and go, I don't know how I would handle that. I don't know how they're handling that. You know what that is? It's called God's grace. It's His grace. And every one of us are given a measure of grace to endure what you're going through. Everybody say, endure. Endure Endure is a word that, it's not a permanent word, but it's a word that allows you to go through something. Amen? How many are going through something right now? Just raise your hand. You don't have to tell me what it is, but... Many of us, we go through challenges. It could be financial situations, and we've got to lose something or other on the floor here. All right. <laughs> no, we saw that. <laughs> amen, amen. But uh, we all go through challenges in life, but we need God's grace to see us through because we can't do it on our own. Uh, my brother-in-law Martin's mentioned it a few times how he, he struggled and there was a period of, of his life where he didn't feel the presence of God. He didn't feel like uh, he was even doing the right thing. But God's grace saw him through that. God's grace was sufficient for him. Amen? Amen. And every one of us, I want to remind you this morning, has a plan for their life. Jeremiah 29 and 11 reminds us that there is a plan for your life, for my life. And God has that plan. And you know what? That plan is not a perfect life. Okay, let's let's clean that out right now. God did not promise you a perfect life. He said, I'm going to give you a life and I will be your grace to walk you through those struggles, through walking through those tough times at school, at home, at work, at wherever you may be. I will walk with you. Amen. He will be able to help you do what you would normally, under normal circumstances, not be able to do it. How many can look back right now on a situation, look back in your life and say, man, I know that was God that helped me get through that situation. Raise your hand. That's almost all of us here. All of us have had a situation that God has helped you walk through. And at that moment, you didn't know how you were going to get through, though. You didn't know if it was even possible to get through. But God's grace helped you walk through that process. Aren't you thankful that He doesn't leave you nor forsake you? That He's there with you every day, 24-7, 365, 366 on a leap year? Amen? Amen. God will do that for every one of us no matter what you're going through. No matter what you're going through, it doesn't matter. This morning, we've been reading our sermon text, and it it hasn't changed for this uh, day today, but I'd like you to stand as we turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 in your Bible. It's on your outline. These scriptures are on your outline to follow along. 
But Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, listen to what it says here again. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we ask your blessings upon your word this morning. Your word is truth. It's eternal truth. But I pray that, Lord, your word would be anointed to our hearing, to our understanding, that we would receive it, every one of us individually at the different levels, places that we're at, that we would be able to receive what you have for each of us today. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor again and tell him, God's great grace is good. God's great grace is good. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Again, there's grace for every problem we face, no matter what you're going through, no matter the struggle you're going through, no matter if you're a Raider fan and you're disappointed in the draft yesterday and the day before. Okay, I won't go there. <laughs> Amen. God's grace is there for you. The Spirit of grace delivers that to you in that moment. The Spirit of grace is there for you to walk through uh, with your life in that, in that issue. Amen? But what I want to talk real quickly at the outset is four things that grace isn't. Okay? Let's, let's spell those things out right now. And let's look at your outline. Grace, number one, isn't about achieving. It's about receiving. It's about receiving. The kingdom of God isn't about, about accomplishments, about do's and, and this and that. It's about you receiving. How, how many have, have figured it out that the Lord in the New Testament was going about giving, giving of himself to people, and all he asked was, will you receive me? Will you receive this? What is, what is grace? It's a gift. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, it is a gift. It's a gift. What's a gift? So, do you have to earn a gift? No. No. Who's, come, who's having a birthday? I know Brother Dan, raise your hand here. You just had a recently a birthday. Give him a big hand. Now, he had a birthday. Now, did, did he deserve a gift? Well, maybe he did. Maybe he was a good man this year. Maybe he's been a good husband, a good father. I know he has. And, and, and as such, his family probably got him a gift. Now, did, he, did, he, did they have to give him a gift? No. They gave it to him. It's a gift. A gift is free. It's something they wanted to do. They wanted to bless him. And, and much the same way, the Lord, when he gives you a gift, it's free. You don't, it's not because you deserve it. How many here deserve salvation? None of you. The Bible says we all have sinned. The wages of sin is death. We all deserve death. But, but yet the Lord said, no, my grace will step in. I will give you this gift of salvation. And God's grace is the same way. It's, he's wanting you to receive something. You don't have to earn it. You know, far too often, I believe we get caught up in, in legalism. Legalism in the church works this way as, well, I got to act a certain way. I got to speak a certain way. I got to do certain things to prove myself before God. No, that's all the outward, physical, outward, external things. God wants to look at your heart. He already sees your heart anyways. He's looking at your heart. What's your heart saying? And, and when you look at it that way of receiving God's grace, all those outward things come naturally. Have you ever seen 
Um, someone, uh, let, let's pick on women this morning. Have you ever seen a woman that doesn't know how to walk in high heels, walk in high heels? It's not normal for, I mean, it's not normal, period, for anybody to walk in heels that, that big, right? But have you ever seen someone walk in high heels that you know doesn't know how to walk in high heels? It's awkward. It's not normal. And you're going, man, that person should have worn different shoes, right? You women know what I'm talking about. I, I don't know the problem. And I don't want to know that problem. But here's the point. When something's awkward, it's not right. It doesn't feel right. It it doesn't look right. So don't try to be who you're not, who God created you. Amen? Be who you are, but at the same time, God wants your heart. Receive his gift. Be who you are. If you're loud, don't try to cut it down. Be loud. Be loud for Christ. If you're quiet, just continue to be quiet, but, but do that for Christ. Amen? God's not trying to change you. God's not trying to change you this morning. He loves you just as you are. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the grace isn't about achieving, doing things, being somebody different. It's about receiving his gift. Number two, grace isn't about auditioning for approval. It's about accepting his approval. How many know that when you were deep in sin, God still said, I love you. God still said, I love you. God still said, I love you. No matter what you've done, no matter what, where you've been, God said, he still loves you. You can't say enough prayers. You can't walk on your knees on broken glass far enough to get his acceptance, to get his approval. How many know that people do those things? They get on broken glass and then they'll walk on their knees like this, praying to try to win the approval of God. Those people to this day even get crucified on a cross. They bring them down, but they get crucified on a cross to try to win the approval of God. You don't have to do that. God's grace is sufficient for you. Amen? God's grace steps in and says, you don't have to win my approval. I already love you as you are. Now, as I've always said, is he content to leave you there? No. His plan is to give you a a purpose in your life, to walk in obedience to him. Amen? Amen? So God's grace isn't about auditioning for approval. It's about accepting his approval. Accept his approval today of you. Quit trying to be somebody you're not. Quit trying to approve of him or get him to approve of you. He already did that. He already approves of you. Amen? Look at your neighbor and tell him he approves of you. Amen. Now look at your other neighbor that you weren't too sure about. Tell him he approves of you too. Grace is accepting his approval. Grace is accepting his approval. Amen. You know, I think for, for us men, that's a tough one. And, not, and women as well. But for most men, we want the approval of our peers. We want the approval of those around us. And, and we don't feel comfortable until we get that approval. Some of us men live like that. Sometimes when you're in school, you know, the peer pressure of wanting approval, get over it. It's not all that important. Later on, you realize that you didn't need their approval anyways. God loves you as you are. Your parents love you as you are. Your teacher respects what you're doing as long as you continue to walk in obedience and do the things that are expected of you. Amen? You don't need anybody's approval except God's is what I'm trying to say. Amen? Grace is accepting that approval. Amen? And then thirdly, grace is greater than your past. 
I love that. Say that with me. Grace is greater than your past, greater than your present, and greater than the pattern you may be stuck in now. Have you, have you wondered sometimes, man, Pastor Rick, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm stuck and I can't seem to get out of this, uh, this pattern. I keep doing the same dumb things, repeating the same dumb things, going to the same places, uh, whatever that pattern may be. Have you found yourself to be in that place? Sometimes that can, that can uh, be a problem. You're not allowing, let me tell you, you're not allowing grace to walk you out of that. You're trying to do it on your own. Sometimes we, we get in the mindset, well, I got myself in this mess. I got to get myself out of it. And sometimes that's true when, when we make mistakes. You got to get yourself out of that mess. But are you looking to God to help you? Are you looking to God to give you the grace to see you through that moment? He's the one that knows the beginning from the end. Why not turn to him, as the song said this morning, cast your cares, cast your burdens upon him and let him show you that not only he cares, but that he can give you the best possible solution. Amen. You may feel stuck in that pattern, which constantly gets you into trouble. But grace, everybody say grace, Grace. gets you out of that pattern. Grace then becomes your pattern. How many are happy to know that grace is now your pattern? That's your way of life. The old person had a different pattern. The new person has a new pattern. A new pattern. Amen? Amen. You know, the Bible says, where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. Where sin abounds. So, in other words, where, 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 the, where the devil, where the enemy rules, grace abounds even more because God is greater. He that is great. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Amen. God's grace abounds that much more. And then uh, the fourth point wanted to point out here is faith. Faith is man moving towards God. Grace is God moving towards us. That's, that's beautiful. Faith is man moving towards God. We move towards God with with faith, the Bible says in Hebrews, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, we walk towards God by faith, but grace teaches us that God moves to you. See, you, how do you move God? Grace. His grace. His grace causes Him to move to you in your situation. Amen. Grace is God making the first move towards us because why because he loves us he loves you and i he makes the first move remember when you first dated that person you're sitting next to remember who made the first move you remember that you know who made the first move you remember that and you know what it was because they loved you maybe at that moment they didn't recognize that they loved you but they loved you deep inside god the same way he made that move towards you because he loves you he loves you amen Faith is our response, but God always makes the first move. See, you, you may be sitting here thinking, well, yeah, I was lost and I was a sinner. And one day I decided to come to church. Well, you didn't make the first move. See, God planted the Holy Spirit in your life and he drew you here. He drew you to a church at some point, And he caused you to recognize the fact that he is great. That, that your life was out of a, the pattern that he designed for you. And by his grace, you're here today. Amen? By his grace, you are saved. Amen? It's not a gift uh, that we should boast, the Bible says. We thank him for that. 
We thank Him for that wonderful gift of grace. I want to take you uh, to a scripture found in Acts 4 and verse 33, but before we, we get there, you may be thinking here, you know, Pastor Rick, I hear what you're saying about this grace thing, but maybe you're thinking here, you don't know my heart, you don't know what I've done, and I can't emphasize enough, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. God's grace is sufficient. Say that with me. God's grace is sufficient. Amen? It doesn't matter. Because I I hear when my brother Martin speaks, I can so relate to that. When that period of time that he went through where he felt alone and isolated and away from God is that we, we fail to realize that we're stuck. We feel stuck. But yet, God's grace was always there. He never removed His grace. Uh, If He had removed His grace, I'd have been taken out. Brother Martin would have been taken out a long time ago um, by the enemy. But God's grace, His protection was over us. Even though we weren't walking in obedience at that time, in His life and in my life at different times, God's grace was upon us. And God's grace is upon you here today if you find yourself in a place where that pattern is not where it needs to be. That pattern of life is needs to step up. I'm here to remind you that, that God's grace is here for you. Amen? Amen? Let's read Acts 4.33. Let me read this to you. Acts 4, verse 33. Listen to these words, and I'm going to share with you a, a Hebrew uh, definition here, or excuse me, a Greek definition of one of the words. But it says, With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. Amen. The word I want to talk to you about is powerfully. In the Greek word, in the Greek, that's where we get the word mega, mega. Anybody know what mega means? Young people, you know Megatron, Transformers, right? The movie, mega meaning huge, meaning great. Mega, mega, that's where that word powerfully is at work here. So really what it's saying here is God's great grace, his wonderful, great, mighty grace provided all the needs of the people for all the needs of the people. That's the beautiful thing back then. They shared everything. You know, I I loved yesterday about helping out Mother Betty When she's in need, um, the Bible says that we are to take care of the widows and the orphans and the homeless and be able to reach out to them. She had a need, and the church stepped up, those that were able to help out, and, and that need was taken care of. Now, do we go out and charge her for that? No, of course not. God forbid. We do that out of our heart. We do that because a church loves one another. If there's someone here today... And there's a need in your life. I mean, first of all, that's between you and God, but you need to share that with Pastor Rick so that we may be able to bless you here today. We may be able to help you out in in some way. Amen? God's grace, which means large or great, can meet whatever need you have today. It doesn't matter what the need is. God's grace, His great grace, is here for you today. So, I want to ask you, how does this work for us today? How does it work? Another scripture I want to take you to. John chapter 1 and verse 14. And then we're going to skip over 15 and go 16 through 17. John chapter 1 and verse 14. And do we have that? Yes, we do. Look at that. Wow. 
This is actually one of my favorite scriptures in, in the New Testament. John 1.14 says this, The Word, talking about Jesus, became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Out of His fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. That was verse 16. Verse 17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus, I want to remind you today, was 100% grace and 100% truth. Jesus was 100% grace and 100% truth. You know, one of the mistakes we make as churches, as pastors in this world today, and this goes back to legalism, is we're the first ones to condemn someone, aren't we? Christians are the first ones to stab a knife in the back of somebody. How many have seen that, unfortunately? You've seen that over and over. And, and the sad reality is that's not how we as Christians are supposed to live. We live by the code of grace. Amen? Grace and truth. So what that means is, yes, the truth needs to be shared, needs to be declared, but we got to say it with grace. We got to say it with love. We don't condemn people. The Bible says, therefore, there is now no condemnation in us that believe in Christ. Amen? There's no condemnation. If you are condemned, it comes from your enemy. It comes from the devil himself who seeks to kill and destroy you. God never condemned anybody. Amen. Never. Amen. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Grace never condemns. It convicts, but it doesn't condemn. There's a huge difference. The Holy Spirit will convict you of things in your life. Even today, even while I'm speaking today, maybe the Holy Spirit might be speaking to you and convicting you of something, but it will never condemn you. Amen. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. amen, amen. I want to show you what I mean by that this morning. We're going to play a little quick video and check this out. Law commands us to stone such a woman. What do you say? I'll give my son first man who tells me that he has never sinned. Amen. Amen. You should clap because that is you and I. You and I right there. Amen. I absolutely love that video because it doesn't matter that it was a, an adulterous woman. What were you? Fill in the blank. What were you? How many here are without sin? None of us. Amen. But here's the problem. Too often we condemn people with our mouth with our words, rather than showing them grace. Now, did Jesus condemn that woman? Did he say, woman, what in the world were you thinking? You, you heard the law, you, heard the, you were in the synagogue, 
And what are you doing? Did he say that? No. He loved her. That's straight out of the Bible. They didn't change that. That's straight out of the Bible. His grace spoke to her in a loving way. And I believe even though it doesn't say, it infers it, that woman repented of her sins right there. She was on her knees, ready to face death. I can imagine after the Pharisees left, she said, Lord, forgive me for all my sins right there on the spot. Because she was caught, she, she, had, she was facing the Lord right there, and the Lord forgave her. That's why he told her those words, go and sin no more. That to me is powerful because it reminds me of the Holy Spirit's love for you, his grace for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. He wants you to walk in obedience from this day forward. Go and sin no more. Amen? That's for each of us. Amen. Jesus was grace and truth. Amen. That's a beautiful video illustration of his great love. Now, again, there's some churches and pastors that don't know how to communicate that. And if you're here today, and if you were hurt by that at some point in your life, I sincerely apologize to each of you here today that may have been hurt by that on on behalf of, of churches, because that shouldn't be the case. God's love reminds you that, yes, I am a sinner, but I am forgiven now. I'm not to walk in condemnation. I'm not to live like a condemned person. Amen? See, Jesus didn't condemn this woman caught in adultery. He didn't condemn her. He didn't tell her that she should have known better. But he loved her. How many remember the message I preached a few years ago on would Jesus bake the cake? Talking about, uh, there was a story, an actual real story of, of, uh, of a couple, homosexual couple that went to a Christian bakery in New York. I believe this was New York. And the question at that time um, was should they bake a cake for them? And I say absolutely, absolutely bake the cake. But yet legalism would say, well, no, they're they're homosexuals. You know that's against the Bible. And how dare you bake a cake? Well, listen, how else are you ever going to speak into the life of a person that you may not see eye to eye with or agree with unless you show them love? You'll they'll never ever want to hear anything you ever say to them. Now, does that say? mean by baking a cake that you agree necessarily with their lifestyle or everything that they do? No, no. It's just saying, I love you enough as a person. Let me show that to you. Amen. That's what God is wanting us to do as individuals, as believers. And that's what Jesus showed this woman here. I want to read another scripture found in 2 Corinthians. It's not on your outline. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. And I've made reference to it here a few times this morning. But chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians and verse 9 says the following. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Those were the words of Jesus to you and I. His grace is sufficient for you and I. In other words, we don't need anything else above and beyond His grace. It's sufficient for you. In fact, my power is given to you at your weakest moment. At that woman's weakest moment, caught red-handed in front of the Pharisees, ready to stone her, 
Jesus said, now you are strong. Arise. You are strong. You're forgiven. Now go and sin no more. How powerful is that? That Only the grace of God could do that. Legalism wouldn't do that. Legalism would say, you're condemned, and this is your penance, and on and on and on. That's not what God intended for our church. Amen? And far too often, that's happened in our churches and scared people away from ever coming back to church. Amen? We got to show them God's love and God's grace. Speak the truth, but speak it in love. Speak it with grace. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, There's a pastor by the name of Pastor Andy Stanley. I don't know if any of you have heard of him from back in Atlanta, Georgia. And he said this following statement. God's expressions of grace were innumerable, but his requirements were minimal. Let me repeat that again. God's expressions of grace were innumerable, but his requirements were minimal. That is the ultimate definition of grace. See, God didn't require anything from you for grace. He just said, be a willing vessel, be available to receive it. Amen? It's a gift. Here's the thing for us today. Each of us have been given the gift of grace here today. And as believers, our task is to share that. In fact, to shower your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers with grace. Show them the love of God. Because ultimately, that's what you're showing them, is the love of God through grace. Well, that person's been mean to me, Pastor Rick. You don't know what they've said to me. Well, go and tell them with a kind word something. That's grace. Amen? Yeah, they don't deserve it. But did you deserve salvation? Did you deserve grace? No. God overlooked that and he said, I give you my grace. You and I are to do the same thing with the people all around us. Amen? Because of grace, we can be set free from sin. See, there's power there. When you receive that grace, you're set free. The chains are broken. You're no longer in bondage. Bondage, the devil wants to keep you in bondage, living condemned. Living like you're not good enough, like you'll never be good enough. And, and, and God Almighty is saying, look, I set you free. My grace is sufficient for you. In fact, I've made you strong and I've given you power in your weak moments, in your weakness. Amen. God's grace never gives up on us or anyone. Never, never. Amen. Amen. And now, real quickly, I'm going to give you four quick points on examples of the grace from the early church. Number one, they shared their faith with others. Are you sharing your faith with others today? I know um, some of you here, every time I hear stories of you guys going out and sharing, sharing your, your testimony, how good God is. Uh, make sure you're sharing your testimony with somebody else. You know, we, we, we got to quit sharing just with us, within our bubble. God didn't intend us for just to hang out with believers just to live you know going to church and and that's it how many have relatives that are non-believers we all do all of us do god didn't say oh you can't hang out with them no they need to see the love of christ in your life they need to see god's grace in you manifested to them and and oftentimes the legalistic way was okay there's a line here there, there's the saved people, and oh, those are the unsaved people. I can't go hang out with them. You know, they're going to they're gonna change my... Well, how about you changing their ways, amen? How about you making an influence and an impact in their life? Being a light of Christ. 
We need to share the good news to those around us. Number two, they helped others around them. Just like those that went and helped Mother Betty yesterday. Are you using your time, your talents, and treasures to help those in the church? That's our number one requirement, really, as believers. Help your home church. Help those around you. Help those globally. Amen? Uh, I mean, we've done things like uh, we pay in, uh, monthly to help uh, uh, children in, in, in third world countries. I mean, that's all great and dandy, but are you doing the work here at home? Are you helping one another? If Mother Betty's in need, are you able to prepare a meal and take it to her? Are you able to help her out with something as simple as that? That's greatly appreciated. Amen? Amen. Amen. We need to help those around us. And how do you do that? Listening to the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had a thought? Oh man, I should go do this. Don't discount that. That could be the Holy Spirit speaking to you, telling you this is what you need to do today. Amen. Number three, they realize it's not about them, but it's all about Jesus. You know, I, it was a conversation with somebody this morning, and they said, you know, sometimes we could get we could get uh, frustrated when we're doing you know work like this. What we did for Mother Betty yesterday, um, possibly. But that's, that's not the point. We do it for Jesus. And guess what? Mother Betty gets blessed. Amen? Mother Betty gets blessed. You could be saying here today, yeah, but Pastor Rick, I don't like setting up chairs and tearing them down every Sunday. Are you kidding me? We do it unto Jesus. Amen? We do it unto the Lord. Amen? And those around you are blessed. It's not about what you get out of life. It's what you give to others. Amen? Have you discovered that? That it's better to give than to receive. Amen? Amen. It's better to give than to receive. And as I get ready to close this morning, again, the apostles, the early church, they had genuine community revolving around the grace of God. They had genuine community. And what do I mean by that? Again, Pastor Andy Stanley coined this phrase years ago. He said the following. He says, we all like Rose. I like Rose. They're great. But we like circles better. Circles better. Circles create authentic community. And what I'm talking about is small groups. You know, one of the blessings of having a small church is that we're connected really well. Uh, how many here have belonged to a large church? You know, I'm talking hundreds and possibly even thousands. When you're in a church that way, and it's, it's not a knock, it's, it's really a, a reality, it's hard to connect with other people. In a small church, it's almost impossible not to connect, amen? Uh, I just brag about you guys everywhere I go, not only because we're a multicultural church, the great food, you all step up, you're good in your giving, I mean, we just have a blessed church, Amen. Give yourselves a pat on the back right now. Pat yourselves on the back because you're a good church. Amen. But circles are better. Tight-knit groups are better. Our small groups, you know who I'm most... I, I'm proud of all of you, but I'm extremely proud of those that take the time to go to small groups because they're the ones I see taking off and growing. They're the ones that I see want more and more. They're not satisfied with the status quo. They want more and more. And I know some of you, it's, it's hard for your work schedules to get there on during the week. I understand that. But again, the small groups, the small circles help us grow in Christ. Amen. Yeah. That's what the early church did. 
That was one of the, the, the things that they did. And again, I can't tell you how much it's important that we, that we grow and that we glow. We glow. Everybody, look at your neighbor and tell them, I want to grow and I want to glow. Because when you grow, you glow. You glow. You know who doesn't glow? People that are stuck in their patterns of, of the same old thing. And it's really, it's just hitting that wall, going around, coming back, hitting the same wall. They're not growing. I want you to grow. I want you to grow. God's grace is sufficient for you. Amen? This morning, no matter what you're going through this morning, I want you to stand up with me as I close this morning. The question I want to ask you this morning is, God's grace never gives up on anyone. Are you sharing that grace? Are you sharing that great grace with others here today? With those in your life? In those in your circle of influence outside of these walls? Are you sharing that great grace? Remember the word I, I, came, I, I showed you powerfully, powerfully, His grace, His great grace, the word mega, it's sufficient to meet your needs your family's needs, those around you. And this morning, you may be here this morning um, confused, possibly. You're at a point in your life spiritually confused. Maybe life is stressing you out and you don't know what's going on. Maybe it's at a point where uh, relationships is not where you want it to be with a certain somebody. But I'm here to tell you, the Holy Spirit wants to remind you that His that His grace is sufficient for you. You don't need anything else. Reach out to Him. Cast your cares upon God because He cares for you. He wants that relationship to improve. He wants you to not walk in confusion anymore. He wants you to have confidence in the plan and purpose that He's given you and to walk in that purpose. Amen? If that's you this morning, if with your heads bowed this morning, if there's someone here that's struggling with, with any of those issues or maybe others, right now with your heads bowed and eyes closed, just raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. If anybody here is struggling right now with an issue and they need God's grace, God's grace in their life, I see your hands. Amen. Amen. Put your hands down. With your heads bowed again, still and your eyes closed. Maybe you want to rededicate your life. Maybe... You're at a place and you've, you've never put your life in the hands of Jesus and said, Lord, I realize your grace is sufficient. Maybe that's you here today and you've never done that. I want to give you that opportunity today. If that's you today, if you want to truly give your life to the Lord for the very first time, raise your hand here this morning if that's you. Anybody here, just raise your hand. I want to make sure every one of you have that assurance of Christ in your life. I see your hand. I see your hand. Amen. You can put your hands down this morning. Anybody else just want to recommit their life? Recommit it to Christ and say, Lord, I'm stuck in this pattern and I'm tired of this pattern of my life and I want to get back on track. Get back on track because your grace is calling me. Your grace is showing me how much you love me and I want to get back on track. If that's you here, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand again. I see your hands. And we're going to say a prayer this morning. And church, I want all of you to 
Say this prayer with me. God, I love you and I need you this morning. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, all my wrongdoings. I am not perfect. Lord, I thank you that you went to the cross. You died for me so that I would have life. I believe you rose on the third day to give me everlasting life. Thank you for your great sacrifice. I receive you today again as Savior. And from this day forward, your grace is sufficient for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Give yourself a hand clap right now. The angels in heaven are rejoicing. I want to remind you right now, if you raise your hand, the angels in heaven rejoice over someone that says, Lord, I can't do it without your help. I need you to come into my life. Forgive me and help me to walk with you every day of my life. 